Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? We're back at you here. It's a Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, and a new week begins for our podcast, but we're uh, well into the week now for the New Orleans Saints here at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. Hi again, everybody. With John DeShazer, I'm Sean Kelly. A cold and wet day here at the Greenbrier. Uh, we knew rain would be in the forecast. It drizzled a little bit at the start of practice, and then, well, we spent most of practice today, John, in the rain today here at uh, White Sulphur Springs. Yeah, far and away the most uh, inclement weather we've had here in terms of uh, rain and cold together. Not driving rain or anything that would postpone practice or drop you off the practice field, but just enough to be a nuisance, as we uh, found out a little bit later. But, yeah, a little bit cold, a little bit dank, a little bit damp, and, uh, you know, something that this team is uh, actually looking forward to practicing in again, hopefully tomorrow, uh, so they can get a little bit more accustomed to it. Coach, Coach Payton didn't, have to, uh, didn't seem to have too many flattering things to say about the way the workout went today. Yeah, he was pretty angry about it, actually. Um, a lot of balls on the ground. Uh, center, uh, center quarterback has changed, did not go smoothly today. Uh, and he was not pleased with it. And he was saying, look, you know, it's not weather because you're going to have to learn how to play in this kind of weather. And he's absolutely correct. Every game is not going to be in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome or in somebody else's dome or the Georgia Dome or anything like that. Some will be played in inclement weather, whether it's rain or cold. And, and you have to learn to deal with the elements. And uh, he did not like the way his team dealt with the elements today. If there is one advantage to a day like this, it's getting to work, like you said, in those elements. He said, he said you know, there's days back home with the sun shining, and yet we've tried to have a wet ball day, which I've seen him do, dunking balls in the water and everything else. He said it never really is the same, though. No, it can't be the same. I mean, you know, when everything's wet and sloppy and, 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 and those kinds of things, it's just a totally different drill. So, yeah, he's absolutely right. You get out here and you, and you go through it. And, you know, unfortunately for his team, they didn't seem to handle it particularly well today, or at least he wasn't pleased with the way they handled it. And and, uh, and Luke McCown, the quarterback, was actually saying, hey, hopefully we'll get another one tomorrow so we can be improved in it. We're well into their week now. Um, coach described yesterday as a, a day of weights and film review in the morning. They did practice yesterday afternoon, but while this is our first show since the preseason game on Friday night, the Saints have really moved past that, it seems, 
and are now getting ready for this Friday against Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, getting to some some real install. Um, we saw a little live ball, short yardage drill today where guys were taking, not taking the running backs to the ground, tackling. And um, so that was a little something new. And, uh, yeah, it looks like they're getting ready for the Titans here. All right, so as the schedule holds right now, the schedule is at 3.30 Central time. The Saints will have their afternoon walkthrough on the artificial surface uh, down the hill from us. We'll see if that changes. And, of course, we'll have any updates that you might need on NewOrleansSaints.com or your Saints mobile app. Good show for you today, though. We're going to check in with uh, John Stinchcomb. He was uh, providing the color analysis on the television broadcast this past Friday night. He'll help us break down the game against the Rams. And then we'll hear from two guys that played a prominent role in the game, Tim Lolito on the offensive line and Tyrone Walker, whom many have said uh, turned a few heads with the way that he's played in camp and on Friday night against the Rams. So a good show for you here on this Monday. Stay with us, and we'll continue from West Virginia in just a moment. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Gatorade knows every victory starts from within. It's the determination to come up big when it matters most. But no athlete does it alone. They need training and fuel to perform. That's how greatness comes from within. Win from within. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Our coverage continues from the Greenbrier in West Virginia. The Saints practicing this morning, trying to dodge the raindrops and, uh, and trying to put some things into place here before preseason game number two. Of course, the first preseason game is in the books this past Friday against the St. Louis Rams. And we're pleased to bring back Jonathan Stinchcomb to the uh, Black and Blue Report. And he's the color analyst for the uh, Saints preseason telecast on Cox Sports Television. All right, Stinch, what would you think in your first look on uh, Friday night? I saw a lot, of, a lot of different things to be encouraged about. I, I thought, the, obviously, the running game started where you wanted it to, picked up a lot from last year and those last few games. You've got to be encouraged by Mark Ingram. And what he showed, just the hunger, patience, and tenacity that he ran with was really encouraging. I think that will help a lot. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, I think their run defense was pretty stellar for a first game. Um, and really, across the board, a lot to be encouraged about. But they also gave plenty of, plenty of different coaching opportunities to improve. So with the penalties and some of the – Small errors, that's, a, it's, that's to be expected in game one, but it also gives the coaches a lot to build from uh, and teach this week in preparation for preseason game number two. Whether it be the play of the quarterbacks or how the offense was run, you know, obviously the noticeable absence was Drew Brees. How do you think the Saints managed under Luke McCown and Ryan Griffin? Uh, I think it was a success there, too. Obviously, when the season starts, who do you want? Uh, behind the center, you know, uh, it would be a, a, a step back. 
if you had any of the other, aside from maybe two or three quarterbacks out there, you're going to have a step back if it's not Drew Brees. So uh, with that said, I think McCown and Griffin both did a great job of uh, playing in the system that that was given them, executing the plays. I thought the, the pocket awareness of Ryan Griffin was stellar for a guy who's had minimal experience in the NFL. And you can tell that the hours spent in uh, the film room and, and just in the presence of the veterans and Breeze and McCown ha- had paid off in his uh, preparation for this year. So uh, with both of those quarterbacks, I, I thought they did a great job. Former Saints lineman John Stinchcomb with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Hey, John, let's talk about the offensive line, the guys that did protect McCown and Griffin. You know, we only saw, what, the tackles, maybe one or two series, and then this um, this rotation at guard and center right now is interesting. Some of that has to do with injury, and some of that has to do with some guys trying some new things out. What, what did you take away from their performance? Well, let's start with the tackles. I, I think – Streif's coming off one of the best years that he's had in his career, um, and and comparing him to the rest of the league of what I saw, he probably played at the top three tackles, especially right tackles, um, from an overall performance last year. Then go to the left side with Tehran. It's amazing to me. Obviously, from the day he got in, everyone knew how athletically gifted he was. He he ran one of the fastest fastest 40 times for any tackles in, in combine history. So you have to expect him to be athletic. But for him to play with, at, at the level that he's playing, you know, granted, well, how many snaps has he had this year? Two series worth in a, in a, in a preseason game. With that said, his technique was much better. Um, you could tell that it's he's not just this uh, raw athlete from a – small school Arkansas Pine Bluff he's now he's now a guy that um, is, is really picking up some of the nuances of the game and the position so tackles you got to be really encouraged for the first game you, you miss you don't have either Pro Bowl guard so with Grubbs and, and Jari Evans out um, it gave an opportunity for some of these younger guys some of the other guys to, to come in there and step up and they're obviously getting a lot more reps not only in the game but also in practice so uh, I, I think that will only benefit the Saints as they move forward um, and, and then the battle at center uh, with with Jonathan Goodwin and Tim Lolito I, I think Tim Lolito it's not a matter of if he's going to be a starter it's just a matter of when and where um, which which is a luxury a lot of teams don't have and that you have got a proven veteran and Jonathan Goodwin, a guy that's great for your team, knows the system well, despite the fact that he's coming from San Francisco. Obviously, he played uh, has played at a really high level, being named to Pro Bowls and, and helped lead our offense to a, to a Super Bowl. And at the center position, boy, they make a lot of calls, a lot of different um, changes at the line. So it helps to – it's going to help Lido just to, to have Goody right there with him to – um, share some of that veteran knowledge that he's earned. But, uh, you know, is the future Tim Lolito? Absolutely. It's just a matter of, of when and, and what time and where uh, he plugs in. And, uh, you know, as I was talking to Goody before the game on Friday, he was telling me how, how he's just been reinvigorated coming back to the Saints and 
uh, feels great. So that's encouraging for, a, for an offensive lineman that's 35 years old to still feel a lot of juice in his legs. Long answer, Sean, but you, you gave me a lot to get through, and obviously I'm pretty passionate about the offensive line. Yeah, I knew I'd, I'd throw one right, right in your wheelhouse there, but that was what I wanted to uh-huh. hear. Um, hey, I remember when we were working together last year, you know, you know, Kyrie Robinson was one of those guys where we kind of all said, you know, who is this guy? You know, look, look what he's doing here in the preseason. And obviously that translated, you know, later on in the regular season. And I know it was only one preseason game, John, but did anybody start to, to jump out at you a little bit on Friday night in St. Louis? You know who I was encouraged about is uh, Tyron Walker. Obviously, D lineman um, who, who played last year. And, and to be quite frank with you, he, he did a lot of things, uh, not only in preseason, but during season, that I thought could help, help this football team. And he continued that on Friday night. So, for a defensive tackle that, that doesn't get a lot of recognition, I, I thought he played at a really high level. Um, with, with running backs, boy, they can jump out pretty quick. Uh, so Kyrie last year, just his running style is eye-catching. Um, and, and it's a little bit harder at times to evaluate, evaluate some other positions. But uh, if I had to go with one guy who, who continues to impress and isn't well-heralded yet at this point, it would be, it would be Walker. Brandon Cooks did some nice things on Friday. That he continued what I guess is a pretty remarkable start to training camp. I don't want to sit here and try and punch holes in a rookie's game, but if you were to look at Cooks, what would be your honest evaluation of the way he played on Friday, and did you see some things that obviously they'll go after him on the videotape with? Uh, Well, it jumps out. Not having been able to really review just his play, uh, his his playmaking ability is is something that easily you see. Uh, With that touchdown reception, just his awareness in space is, is pretty instinctual. Um, there's, it's not like you can coach something like that. But his process is going to be a matter of, of gaining uh, knowledge of the nuances of, of the system that he's in. Uh, this early in camp, my, my, my uh, expectation is they probably haven't even gone through the, the, the entire playbook yet in camp, which would include goal line and, and various things. But – you'd continue to add and build on uh, the foundation of, of plays that they're taught. And there's a number of changes that, that occur, uh, not only through the season, but uh, during a game and, and individual plays. So he's got a lot of work to do, and it's mostly in the classroom of, of trying to figure out um, just the cadence and rhythm of the game and, and when to expect various changes that come not only from the quarterback, but just from uh, defensive alignments and, and some of the different uh, checks and changes that you make in a, in a given play. So that's going to come from experience, and some of the good players are trying to gain that not only on the field and in reps, but also uh, watching film and, and learning from the guys that have been there and done that. Good observation there. John Stinchcomb with us here on the show today. Hey, John, before I let you go, I know that every camp and every preseason has you know a uniqueness to it, but is there – is there a common theme? Is there a, a common something about preseason game number two as the Saints get ready for the Titans this Friday? Um, yes. The progression of it is, uh, you know, game one, 
Uh, it's your first experience against a different team, especially for the new guy. Um, for some of the veterans, you want to make sure that you're knocking rust off as you go. And, and there's still that comfort. And uh, Coach Payton will say it in meetings that he doesn't need to see it all the time. He just needs to see it. So for some of these veterans, they just have to prove that they still get it and, and they've got it um, from an athletic ability and they're dialed in mentally. Uh, you, you progress into game two and it ratchets up a little bit. Uh, it's, it's more of let's not see the same mistakes repeated. Um, you're going to see different looks, introduce new plays. So how do you execute and um, can we eliminate the mistakes that we saw in game one to game two? That's, that's probably the biggest thing across the board, veteran, new guy. If you made mistakes in training camp, if you've made mistakes in game one, are you coachable? Can you learn? Can you carry that over and not repeat those same things going into game two? So the execution's got to be at a much higher level. And um, really, game two is pretty pivotal for a lot of guys as to whether they, they can move on and progress and, and they have potential to learn and improve as a player and help this football team, or are they uh, limited in, in what they can offer and uh, they're not at a point where they can improve to a point to help the team. So it's going to be a big game for a lot of guys. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to being back home. Mercedes-Benz Superdome on Friday at 7 against the Tennessee Titans. John Stinchcomb, have a great week, and uh, look forward to seeing you, working with you again on Friday night. Sean, I can't wait. Good to be in the booth with you, brother. Yep, yes, sir. We'll have it for you on Cox Sports Television uh, from the Superdome on uh, Friday at 7, as we mentioned. Hey, stay with us now. Tim Lolito and Tyron Walker still to come on today's Black and Blue Report. Back in a moment. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Smoothie King asks, what's your purpose? My name is Trish, and I want more balance in my life. I feel like all I do is rush from one place to the next and end up grabbing a burger along the way. And then I feel guilty, and I start thinking, I need to spend an hour on the elliptical, but I don't have time. I want to eat better. I want to feel better. That's my purpose. We can blend that. Find your balance with the new Greek yogurt smoothies naturally powered by Chobani. Find pleasure in your purpose at Smoothie King. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Well, we heard from a former Saints offensive lineman and John Stinchcomb a moment ago. How about a current one and one who's playing multiple roles right now for the Saints? That's Tim Lolito, who we spoke to yesterday here at training camp. Back to work today, but work started what? With video this morning, right? How was that? How did that go? Uh, it was all right. There was a lot of stuff we still need to clean up on, uh, on offense, and I don't know about the defense. We didn't look at it, look at their stuff, but... Uh, on offense, there's still a lot of stuff we can we can get better at. What's the difference between the way you think about a game on the way home on the charter, as opposed to what you'd find in the film room a day or two later? Uh, it, it's always that 24 hours. If and if if it was a good game, if it was a bad game, just let my let myself uh, like Coach Payton says, 24 hours to either feel good about it, feel bad about it, whatever, and then come in and uh, come in uh, 24 hours later and go to work. 
the value right now for some of you guys with, I guess you're, and I'm just being fair here, it seems shorthanded up on the front, so more reps for you and others right now. Yeah, a lot, a lot more reps. Um, you know, I, I don't know who's who's down right now, but there's there's a couple guys down, and and uh, like you, like you said, there's a lot more reps getting in. You know, I'm not only going at center now. There's a couple couple spots where I was at guard a few days ago. Yeah. So, you know, but it was interesting. You had to look to your left and your right, and okay, there's Senio, and hold on, there's Marcel. That you know, that's not Ben Grubbs, or that's you know, yep. uh, in, in that sense, um, as far as playing as a group. Did it go as well, or was it a little rough on Friday? No, those guys were playing their asses off. I mean, they're 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 doing one hell of a job out there. I mean, I didn't. You know, it, it doesn't really matter who's who's next to me. I mean, it does, but it doesn't at the same time. We're gonna try and go out there and, and work as a unit, you know. So if we're not out there, um, all on the same page, then it's then nothing's gonna work. So we just have to go out there and, and uh, be one one whole unit. Are you still more comfortable at guard or a center now become maybe as easy, not easy, but as comfortable as when you were playing guard as you are now at center? Yeah, it's, center's really comfortable. Um, I like it. Guy's right there, so, um, you know, it's, it's not a big deal to me anymore. But if you were to try and put your finger on what you're better at now here today on this Sunday as opposed to the start of training camp or even go back to minicamp at that position, what's, what's been a big jump for you? I think just getting up there and, and like I said before, identifying fronts, mm -hmm. getting everyone on the same page where we're going. Um, you know, just in the in the game, we were up there talking about, you know, Luke and I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run to the ball, get set, and I'm just going to call out a mic. And if you don't like it, then we're going to change it. Like, um, like I'm passing players or something like that. If you see something different. So I'm going to come up, look, initial, you know, scope over, scope everything over, and then call a guy out and then if he doesn't like it he'll, he'll switch it so um that that type of stuff you know is, is a little bit different than at center than at guard you don't get get to do that at, at guard true but when you're now when you're playing guard now do you feel not smarter but more in tune because you can yeah, see it from a center's eyes yeah, it slows down a little bit yeah. more okay um is that something that you just had to get through experience or did did a good one talk to you about that, or was there some kind of a growth there that I'm not seeing? Uh, I think a little bit of both. I mean, you know, he he talked about that. I talked to John all the time about stuff like that. He said, "What the best thing you could do is just run up there, and get set, because what it's going to do is it's going to make the defense get set, and then you just call out a guy. You know, you know, if we're running uh, inside zone play, you know, most likely it's going to be that guy. You know, over here or over over there, but." You know, if, if something happens in, in the backfield that you're not really necessarily seeing and, and that you got a guy in motion or something like that, then he's going to, you know, reset the mic. So, But generally, it's, it's, it's pretty dead on on what you see when you walk up there. So um, just getting up and get set is, is the best way to get the, the front set for you. So it's, it makes that a lot easier. Um, and then, you know, just like, like I said, through experience, just reps for me, like you said, there's yeah. guys down right now, so been able to get more reps at things. So uh, the more reps, the better. Take a look down the down the pike, if you will, at this week, and based on what happened last week and another game on Friday, for you all as a group, would you like to see yourselves run block better, pass protect better? What what would be a a logical progression here into the second preseason game? That's a tough one. I I just think getting better whole as a unit. Um, 
I think we were run blocking well. The backs were awesome. Uh, pass protection was pretty good. At, um, I know we had a couple of breakdowns, but I mean, when you got a backup QB that's throwing 16 for 23, I think that's pretty pretty darn good. So um, he's able to stand back in the pocket and throw it around a little bit. But I think. In general, we need to get better as a whole. Um, the, there's a lot of area of improvement in both the run and the pass game. Tim, I always enjoy visiting with you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. All right, good stuff from Tim Lolito. When we come back, we'll switch sides of the ball and visit with the guy they call Clyde, Tyrone Walker. We'll talk more about that in just a moment as we continue here from training camp. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana with more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region. Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Sean Kelly back here at the Greenbriars. We continue on the Black and Blue Report. I get a lot of questions from folks wondering who the sleeper is at training camp. And I don't think I have a great answer yet, but if there's a guy that's, I guess, on the list right now, and I'm not so sure if you look back to last year, he should be on a list of sleepers, but Tyrone Walker might fit that bill. He turned some heads again on Friday against the Rams. We'll see what kind of a week he has with us here as we prepare to come home and face the Titans. Yesterday, my first chance this camp to catch up with Tyrone Walker. I'm curious as to what you thought about how the weekend went, whether it be your thoughts about the game or the video review that always goes along with that. Uh, I mean, uh, there's mistakes that need, um, corrections that need to be made. I had some mistakes with feet work and stuff like that. Uh, I thought I, I made some good plays, but uh, like I said, we're out here trying to get better. It's the purpose of training camp. What was your comfort level like on Friday night? Uh, I wouldn't say a comfort. I said I was eager to get out there and get against some guys other than my own teammates. So it was the first preseason game. I was eager to get out there and compete. Were there things that you were able to do in the game Friday that were a direct translation to maybe things you were working on here in camp? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, uh, my D-line coach, Bill Johnson, always talks about feet work. I focus on that. And uh, you got to think, when you're going against some different guys, they don't know what you can do. or They, they haven't been around, been around or been going against you every day. So, I mean, it kind of works out. The, uh, the thought about where we are in the preseason and you have that game under your belt now, does, it, does a game like that, the way you played on Friday, give you a little lift? Uh, I wouldn't say it gave me a lift. Uh, it just showed me a couple of things that I'm capable of doing if I just focus on my feet work and stuff. And like I said, it's just the preseason. It doesn't count. I mean, it, it's good for film. It's good to get, get to go against some other guys, like I said. And, I mean, I was just happy to go out there and help my team. How much, how much do, does the film work and the review of the game impact the way you all practice this week? Oh, a lot, because it shows you what you work on. It shows you what you need to work on and uh, what you, what you uh, help you be successful. So, I mean, uh, I saw some few work issues in the, in the tape, and uh, I took away more negative than positive, and uh, I'm out here trying to work on it each and every day. We played an away game. We've been away at camp. We're going to finally go home this week. 
Does that thought crept into your mind a little bit about whether it be home or just even playing in front of Saints fans this weekend? Uh, I mean, anytime you play in front of the Saints fans, especially that's one of the most, the, one of the best fan base in the league. And so, I mean, uh, but it's been a nice setup out here. I love it. I mean, um, I'm sure the team loves it too, but it's always that comfort level of getting home. All right, so I was talking to John Stinchcomb the other day, Zach Streif, um, Cam, Everybody was sharing nicknames, and the funny story is is the Clyde thing. You like it or no? Uh, I mean, uh, like I said, I came in as a rookie. Uh, Coach Bill Johnson gave me that name. It stuck, and I mean, uh, I accept it. It is what it is. You know what I mean? So uh, if they say my name is either I'm doing something wrong or I'm doing something right. So, I mean, it, it, it it's comfortable. I'm good with it. You know, when they write names inside of pads or whatever, does it say does it say Walker or does it say Clyde? Uh, no, nah, it say Walker. It say Walker. <laughs> if 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 you had to think back, uh, I'm sure at some point along the way you've had other nicknames too, whether it be from mom, dad, uncle, aunt, high school coach, whomever. There's got to be another one other than Clyde, right? Uh, my mom called me Ty, shot for Tyron, and, uh, and some of my other friends, they try, to, they try to mock the name and clown me and stuff like that, but <laughs> it's, all, it's all a funny game. When you, um, when you think about the goals on the defensive side of the football, what was laid out, and how are you all doing along those lines here in the, I guess what we call now the third week? Uh, I mean, our goal is to be the number one defense in the league, and I mean, uh, we started out slow, but we're getting there, and uh, you can we're making a little progress. But like I say, man, and, uh, we got to keep our head down and keep pushing, and so we we, we don't sit back and, and look at success because that's when you start to slip. So we just keep our head down and keep pushing, and I mean, at the end of the season, we'll tally it up and see what we got. Keep it up. Here's to a good week. All right, thank you. All right, when we come back. John and I will wrap up this show on this Monday here on the Black and Blue Report. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans. Proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Taking a break from Mayor Landrew's pothole repair crew. Once again, here's Sean Kelly. Sean and John back to wrap things up here on this Monday's edition of the Black and Blue Report. Don't forget, you can always get us free at iTunes or, of course, on your New Orleans Saints or NewOrleansSaints.com or Pelicans.com desktop. And this show is also available on your mobile device via the Pelicans app or the Saints app. Uh, John, let's put a wrap on today a little bit. We talked extensively about practice back in our first segment. Had nice visits today with uh, Stinch, uh, Lolito, and uh, Walker. But uh, as you uh, kind of look ahead now, what comes what comes to top of mind for you? Well, just uh, really cleaning up things, and, and that's in terms of I think uh, intensity will be ramped up tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, t- this afternoon is a walkthrough, so you know that's going to be low key. But uh, I think uh, Coach Payton, you know, was perturbed by uh, the ball 
the you know, handling of the ball today. And also, I, I think he mentioned he wanted to see some more intensity tomorrow. And I think we'll see a, a little bit more of uh, an up-tempo and maybe a little bit more physicality tomorrow in practice and tomorrow morning. Tomorrow we're back with you on this show. We've got a great one planned for you from West Virginia, including a fantastic visit with defensive back Corey White. So that's on the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. John, as they say, on every training camp, some rain must fall. Yeah, a little bit of rain must fall in every life. Unfortunately, it's cold rain here in, uh, in the middle of summer. I don't know what the temperature is. Whatever it is, it feels like it's 50. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's time to go home. Indeed. Ongoing coverage at NewOrleansSaints.com. Thanks for spending a little time with us here. A little no appointment radio for you. It's on the Black and Blue Report. On Twitter, it's at John DeShazer and at Sean Kelly Live. And for all of us here, equipment staff, PR, coaches, players, everybody else in West Virginia, we miss you all. We'll be home soon. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow for another edition of the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.